Hello, welcome to Exploring the Divine Feminine. I'm your host, Ramona Sidaway, and this is episode number 17. We discuss all things related to the feminine divine, mostly within the context of the Restored Church of Jesus Christ. I want to remind all of my listeners that these are just my opinions. I am not speaking on behalf of the church. This is not doctrine. These are just only my thoughts and my commentary on uh, various church and gospel related things. So let's dive in. Today we wanted to talk about women in the priesthood and more specifically in the patriarchal order. So in my mind, there is nothing more exciting about this unfolding restoration than the increased understanding of the priesthood. There is so much more than ordination alone. And just within the last 10 years, we have witnessed the expansion, uh, not only of women's roles, but how entwined we are with the priesthood. Before we get into specifically the patriarchal order, we need to go through a few of the definitions and understandings about priesthood and some of the words associated with it. Priesthood is both the authority and power that God uses to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of mankind. This is found in Moses 139. Priesthood holders here on earth are given authority to assist God in his work by administering the saving ordinances of the gospel to those who wish to be on the covenant path. Quoting from my book, We Are Adam, I say, quote, we learn that all of Fa Heavenly Father's children, male and female, will be given the opportunity to qualify for the blessings of priesthood ordinances, close quote. And that's on page 95 of my book. And you can find this in uh, also at the churchofjesuschrist.org. So let's look at some common phrases and words that are used in discussions about the priesthood. This is where we start in our attempt to understand who and what the priesthood is for. So stick with me for just a bit as I quickly go over familiar but necessary definitions before we can get to how women are such, such an essential part of all of this. So we're going to talk about authority, ordination, keys, and power. First, authority. In 1993, Boyd K. Packer said the following, quote, There are two ways authority is conferred in the church, by ordination and by setting apart. Offices in the priesthood always come by ordination. The keys of presidency and the authority to act in callings in the priesthood are received by setting apart. There are many set-apart offices in the church in both the priesthood and the auxiliary organizations. Some duties are inherent in the priesthood, and one need not be set apart to do them. Visiting the homes of members is an example. Because women are not ordained to the priesthood, when sisters are set apart to offices, including the office of president in an auxiliary, they receive authority, responsibility, and blessings connected with the office, but they do not receive keys. And uh, this is in the November 94 
Ensign uh, from his talk entitled What Every Elder Should Know, A Primer on Principles of Priesthood Government. And um, most of these talks and uh, um, things that I get from the churchofjesuschrist.org, I'll put in the show notes. I'll have them in the show notes. You can just click on them. So for those that are not familiar with the church's practices, the act of ordination, blessings, and setting apart visually look the same. At least two men ordained to the priesthood place their hands on the recipient's head. What changes is the wording and depending on the nature of the act of the degree of priesthood. And more information can be found at uh, churchofjesuschrist.org. And once again, it'll be in the show notes. But I love this quote from President Joseph Fielding Smith. Quote, a person may have authority given to him or a sister to her to do certain things in the church that are binding and absolutely necessary for our salvation, such as the work that our sisters do in the house of the Lord. They have authority given unto them to do some great and wonderful things sacred unto the Lord and binding just as thoroughly as are the blessings that are given by the men who hold the priesthood. I'm going to repeat that. They are binding just as thoroughly. So women in the temple are have, have enough thor- authority and enough power that those things that they do, that work is just as binding. So, I mean, is that not amazing? Is that not fantastic. And um, President Smith reiterated this to the women, quote, you can speak with authority because the Lord has placed authority upon you. The work which they do, such as in the Relief Society, is done by divine authority. So as I talked earlier, the best example of female authority coinciding with males is the work done in the temple. Both genders are endowed, clothed with priesthood vestments and power, administering in the saving ordinances of the gospel, working on behalf of their ancestors of their respective gender. So both men and women are endowed. Both men and women are clothed with priesthood vestments and power. Also quoting from my book, We Are Adam, quote, the Lord recognizes the divine authority of both men and women as they officiate in the temple, close quote. Now, let's talk about ordination. So we talked about authority. Let's talk about ordination in the priesthood. When we talk about ordination, we are referring to delegated divisions within the priesthood proper. And we've heard of these and we know about these, a deacon, a priest, a patriarch, an apostle, etc., Any other calling or position within the church is not done by ordination, but by setting apart. And Boyd K. Packer talked about that. Most of the callings within the church are done this way for both men and women, such as serving in presidencies, teaching class, or working in a committee. By being set apart, each individual is given extra help from God to serve with as much support on his or her side as possible. So an ordination is very specific. It's, it has to do with those delegated divisions within the priesthood. And it's, it's just very specific, uh, very specific things. 
Now let's move on. So we've talked about authority. We've talked about ordination. Now we're going to talk about the keys of the priesthood. So those ordained are symbolically given what we call keys, the ability to unlock something great from God. So do you want a neat and tidy definition? They mean both authority and access. So one who has keys, and in order to have keys, you need to be ordained. They have both authority and access to be able to unlock something. So I like to think of it this way. I like to think of the master key holder, Jesus Christ, and he makes copies of those keys and gives them to his specific servants. So each key is explicit to its specific priesthood office, controlling access and authority to the blessings and ordinances associated with that office. So we have keys and we have ordination. Those are specific to males at this time. And, um, but authority and power um, are, are not gender specific unless we're referring to specific uh, priesthood divisions. There was uh, a great article was in the May 2012 New Era, and it's on um, the churchofjesuschrist.org as well. And the New Era, as we know, was a church magazine for teens. And it explained uh, it explained priesthood and priesthood keys this way, quote, priesthood keys are the right to preside over and direct the church within a jurisdiction. Keys usually apply to a geographic area like a ward, a stake, or a mission. They also include authority over, over specific ordinances and activities, for instance, baptism, the sacrament, missionary work, and temple work. And these keys are delegated um, and, and set apart in those different areas and jurisdiction. There's only one man um, on the earth who has all of the keys at the same time and has the authority to exercise those keys. And that is the prophet. And our current prophet is Russell M. Nelson. And he delegates those keys to other authority, people with the um, other men within the priesthood. So when I first began my research about Adam and Eve in the garden, what I was really trying to understand is what is the patriarchal order? Is it really the man as the head with the woman as his assistant? The more I researched, two things became crystal clear. Number one, I regained my hope as a woman in the gospel and as a daughter of a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. And two, I began to understand the immense power of the priesthood and that it was not just for men. Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not advocating a change such as ordaining women the same as we ordain men. But we know that the restoration is still unfolding and that a big part of that unfolding is a better understanding about the priesthood and how we operate with and within its power, both as couples and as uh, within our individual genders. 
the priesthood is not a male power. It is God's power. And I mean God in the sense that it is Heavenly Mother and Heavenly Father. Ordination of the priesthood is just one aspect of it, a very important, very sacred and necessary aspect. But let's not get wrapped up or trapped with that word. The priesthood was so essential to the restoration, to the gospel and the foundation of the church that it was the very first thing restored through Joseph Smith. Before the Book of Mormon was translated, before baptism, I mean, literally minutes before, but it had to be restored in order to have the authority for the baptism, before the temple, before ceilings, before all of it. The priesthood laid the foundation for everything else that followed, all of the saving ordinances that are essential for us to return to our heavenly parents. Now, this New Era article that I refer to, it also says, quote, the keys necessary for governing the church in the latter days were restored to Joseph Smith by heavenly beings. For instance, John the Baptist, Peter, James, John, Moses, Elias, and Elijah. These keys have been passed on to his successors, close quote. So why are they necessary? As I said, the saving ordinances such as baptism, the sacrament, temple ceilings help us to return to our heavenly parents in the celestial kingdom. Because of and through these priesthood keys, the church becomes that needed organization and instrument that can administer these ordinances. Now, organization is the key word here. We read in DNC 132, verse 8, Mine house is a house of order, saith the Lord God, and not a house of confusion. Close quote. All of these ordinances are one way that we, fellow servants with John the Baptist, Peter, James, John, Moses, Elias, and Elijah, and any of the unnamed women who also participated, we help carry on the work of the Lord in an orderly manner. So let's get to the meat of this podcast, of this episode, women and the priesthood. Women in the church often struggle to know how we all fit in this work. Faithful men, are, faithful women around the world are obedient and do all that is asked of them by both male and female church leaders, as well as wait patiently for increased understanding about their divine roles, both here and in eternity. We have limited understanding about our Heavenly Mother, but a Heavenly Father recognizes that. He knows that. The church was restored and organized line upon line as fast as the saints were able to bear the increased knowledge and the enlightenment. Yes, it was messy, as all servants are weak and mortal, but through the grace of God, they did it. And through the grace of God, this church and the gospel is still in the process of restoration. As Elder Uchtdorf said, quote, It includes all that God has revealed, all that he does now reveal, and the many great and important things that he will yet reveal. The exciting developments of today are part of that long foretold period of preparation that will culminate in the glorious second coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is such an exciting thing. The priesthood has not changed as it has existed through the eternities. 
is without beginning of days or end of years and is the power by which God creates. But our understanding of the priesthood has changed. And part of this change is the partnership of men and women and how that is so necessary in that preparation for the second coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. I do not believe that it is possible to prepare either as a church, as a family, as a couple, as individuals, unless we recognize the true partnership between men and women and how we are partners working together in the priesthood. We must become partners. So um, part of our understanding of the priesthood, we talked about how it has changed. And one very, very simple example is that females are now able to be witnesses in all of the saving ordinances, both inside and outside of the temple. It used to be that it had to be an ordained man. Do I think women will ever be ordained? My personal opinion is no, but not because of misogynist ideology or a lack of awareness. Think about this. Has no one ever pondered as to why men are required to be ordained in order to enter the patriarchal order and women are not? The patriarchal order can only be entered into by both a man and a woman together. This, my friends, is the great equalizer. This is the beginning of partnership. And it does not mean that we both have to be ordained. Yes, men preside in the family, but that does not make him the only head. Just as God is a title, a man, or it can be a title, a mantle that covers two people, Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. And I discuss titles and names in chapter six of my book, We Are Adam. But it is the same with the patriarchal order. Yes, the husband presides as a function of his priesthood, not as a function of his sex. And what does it mean to preside? Well, that is the million dollar question. So remember, context is king. Presiding in the church is not the same as presiding in the home. And my personal opinion is that in the past church history and throughout the cultures uh, that we have gone through in the past hundreds of odd years is that we were taking the same contextual idea of presiding in the home as we did from in the church. So we thought, well, men, you know, to preside in the church means you're over something, over a congregation, over a meeting, you're in charge, you're the head, that must translate over to the family. But presiding in the church is not the same as presiding in the home. And I have two apostles, at least, that have clarified this. Boyd Keepacker, he said, quote, in the church, there is a distinct line of authority. We serve where called by those who preside over us. In the home, it is a partnership with husband and wife equally yoked together, sharing in decisions, always working together. Elder L. Tom Perry, he also said, quote, there is not a president or a vice president in a family. The couple works together 
eternally for the good of the family. And I want to just put in here to the good of the partnership for the good of the couple as well. He continues on. They are on equal footing. They plan and organize the affairs of the family jointly and unanimously as they move forward. Close quote. Two apostles that have said that they are equal partners, equally yoked, not a president and a vice president, that they are the same as Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother in the sense is that they have one mantle over the both of them. I like to think of the analogy of needing two keys turn sim simultaneously to launch a nuclear missile. Yeah, not a very romantic example, I understand, but one that works. Some have used the argument that there may be times when a split-second decision needs to be made and one person has to be in charge to make that decision. Do you know what my take on that is? That that is an issue of poor planning and communication on the part of the partnership. We call it emergency prep for a reason, and it involves not just physical needs, but spiritual, emotional, and psychological, financial, all of those. If something comes up that needs a quick decision, that decision should have been made ahead of time with input from both male and female husband and wife. Otherwise, it is a dictatorship and not in line with the heavenly order of things. To claim that men are the only head as a heavenly order when we know so little of heavenly mother is like putting the cart before the horse. We know how how Heavenly Father deals with priesthood lines of authority, but not how he and mother create together, organize together. We do not have the authority to put man-made laws or ideology into hidden eternal pieces. We do not have the entire picture. So we don't need to be starting to put in thumping in puzzle pieces when we have we don't have that yet. We don't have the picture yet. Okay, now the patriarch war. This is what we're, we've all been building up to, right? So we've got to be careful to distinguish between the patriarchal order and the patriarchal society. One is a sacred order of the priesthood, named thus because priesthood authority and ordination used to be handed down from father to son. The other is the patriarchal society is when men are in charge of both the society, the laws of all people, including women. So the patriarchal order is not the same as a patriarchal society. The true patriarchal order is when a man and woman enter into the new and everlasting covenant of marriage in the temple and preside together over their family. Yes, I know the family proclamation and other instances teach of the husband slash father presiding in the family. And it is in the context of the priesthood as he is ordained. We see the need for this when giving priesthood family blessings and blessing the sacrament in the home when such times dictate that necessity, such as COVID measures require the closing of churches. 
One cannot say that only the man is the head and in the next sentence claim that women are equal. And yes, you can have two chiefs. When chief, air quotes here, is a title or a mantle that covers two people. There may be one voice, but that voice speaks on behalf of the two. I truly believe that we are going to witness so much more restoration, more unfolding, especially when it comes to women, the priesthood, and our Heavenly Mother. There is nothing in the priesthood that needs to change, only our understanding of it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate all of my listeners. Subscribe to my monthly author newsletter. You can go onto my website, RamonaSitaway.com. You can find my book, We Are Adam, The Partnership of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and What It Means for You on both Amazon and Cedar Fort and a lot of the other online bookstores. It will soon be coming out in audiobook. And if you are on Kindle Unlimited, you can check that out for free even. I would encourage you to also subscribe to my blog on medium.com. And I blog about many of these themes and issues. A lot come from my book, We Are Adam. And uh, I include a lot of the research that I used for that book. If you have any questions, contact me via my website, RamonaSitaway.com. I have a form on there. I would love to hear from people. Tell me what you think of the podcast. If you have questions that you would like me to answer, or if you have subject matter concerning the divine feminine or the feminine divine uh, that you would like to hear in a future podcast, I would, I would love to look at what you would like to listen to. So thank you again. And until next time.